0: Hello and welcome to the Leaders Council Podcast, the podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. You join us on yet another sunny day here in the capital. I'm Matthew O'Neill, and today, as always, we ensure that we have a variety of distinct perspectives on leadership. First, we're joined by Martin Fear, Chairman of Specialist Precast Products a company that designs and manufactures high-quality precast concrete products for construction, architecture, and interiors. Martin, hello. Good afternoon, Matthew. Good afternoon. Thank you for coming on the program. Uh, We might as well dive straight in. What does the word leader mean to you?
1: I I think it means uh, a number of things. It, it, It is... Someone that I I use a little analogy, having been involved in in business for 40-odd years now, um, and I compare leadership uh, to a book, and I believe people that want to be managers and people that want to do responsible things but be led like to open the book and find a, a story that is already written. And I believe the leader is the person that opens that book and looks forward to finding a blank page, which they can then fill in for the other people to read and interpret. So, to me, leadership is is writing the story, which then translated into sort of hard fact is is giving. Uh, it's giving direction. It's empowering people. It's it's if you like. I'm old enough to be from the old thinking where employees were the biggest risk, but I'm still working, so I now believe employees are my biggest asset. So when you take that uh, change in philosophy, leadership is quite a change thing to what it was when I started in my business.
0: How has leadership changed in that 40-year period?
1: I think it's changed dramatically. It's gone from being perhaps... What would be considered autocratic and dictatorial to 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 be in it, uh, inclusive and 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 uh, and shared and and my role now compared to then is not to in, to manage time today like perhaps I did thirty years ago. Now my my role is to empower the results. My my role is to help create a flexible working schedule for people where in the past. I fitted things into a rigid working pattern, um, and those points are many and go on. I, I want people to do something they really enjoy, rather than work to get to a Friday like today, so that they can finish their day, etc., um, etc. Et so it's 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 a complete change of emphasis in in how you deliver. But the end situation of any leadership, as I see it, is getting very positive and good results. And, and for that, again, in the past, I think there was always a fear of getting things wrong and, and failing, which limited what we could do. Now I think the the the, the, the emphasis is be be uh, inventive, make, make mistakes, but learn from them. Never make the same one twice, and you're always on an upward curve, and you get far greater progression in one.
0: let's go back to the very beginning of your career when you first started out your working life. Were there any particular individuals that you worked with or for who shaped the way that you lead today?
1: I think more than individuals that shaped the way that I lead today, uh, I was, in fact, I suppose in truth, although now I don't think of it in those terms, profoundly dyslexic. So a lot of normal channels weren't open to me mm. and what i found when 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 looking to to take a role in business um the challenge for me was finding an opportunity and i, I was very lucky that i found an opportunity in a small family business um and and that gave me the opportunity to to learn uh, i learned greatly uh, from the person that was leading that business who who coincidentally was my father um, but back in those days, the dyslexia was not recognized. Um, and even more than today, although I think in this country still today, it's an issue. Some people, I believe, consider intellect to be a, a, in the realm of academia only, where in reality, there are many forms of intellect, some of which can run parallel to academia and academic knowledge. Mm. Um, And I suppose that's the school I fit into because uh, in my young years, my academic achievement was, well, at at best challenged, at worst, very poor. (laughs) Uh, But that said, it hasn't stopped me, if anything, because I was given good nurture. Um, My father was the first one to teach me that. Go and try it on your own and make a mistake, you'll learn. So he, he his his. His golden rule was not to hold my hand. It was actually um, to throw me in at the deep end and let me learn by doing. And I'm a great believer in in in, in empowering people and learning by doing. So, in, in a peculiar way, his his methods then, as years go, were what what was outside normal thinking. But then he employed someone that was considered in other spheres not very useful. Um, and it's quite Im- embraced by, by the rules of the new thinking, you know, the, the employee being the biggest asset, open communication, empowering results, flexible working, etc., etc. Being honest for the start rather than get it bogged down with corporate jargon um, and, and having one set of standards, not double standards for, for, for people within different parts of the business. We, we are one entity.
0: Now, of course, leadership uh, comes with its own burdens, one of them being uh, leading people. And as we have discussed, people are humans, which uh, they're not always at their best. Sometimes they have bad days. How do you deal with conflict within the workplace?
1: Well, I, I think dealing with people was something I was taught very early days within my sporting life. And and. The analogy I can apply to that, the best analogy I can apply to that, was I I was a a lad that was challenged at school, so not expected to to do brilliantly, but I I found solace in rugby, rugby football. I wasn't very good at the start, but I had a a coach that allowed me to to continue and try. And eventually, uh, uh, this was a secondary modern school kid that, that skipped the school first 15 when we became a comprehensive and... A lot of grammar school people were, were quite um, skeptical about my role as captain of the, of the first 15. And I remember sitting down with my old sportsmaster, Mr. Harris, Malcolm Harris, very old-fashioned traditional sportsmaster, and saying to him, well, there, there's at least 15 boys better than me at playing rugby. How come you approached me to be your captain? And he said, the captain doesn't have to be the best player. The captain has to be the person that can gel the other individuals into a unit. And the lesson I learned from that is that you take each player in that team, and that could be your company or your sporting team, and you treat them as an individual. So you you might have to uh, metaphorically punch someone in the chest to get them going and wind them up before the game started. There might be someone else who you would actually know their their style and you would leave them in the corner on their own in deep thought before the game started. And there might be another guy who was (laughs) brilliant.
0: Now, Martin, unfortunately, our time together is drawing to its close. But what does the next 12 months have in store for specialist precast products?
1: Let's get your best today. So I, I think the secret of all conflict is understanding the people you're working with, be they professional or shop floor um, and and treating them as human beings and listening, trying to understand and then reacting to them based on what you perceive their, their model to be are the three I've just described. And I know they're very broad brushstrokes, but I think it gives an idea that you have to treat everyone individually and, and help them overcome life's challenges, which we all have. And that enables them to become a far more full and, and positive employee for you.
0: Mm. Mm. Now, um, as I said, unfortunately, our time together is drawing to its close. But what does the next 12 months have in store for specialist precast products?
1: Well, we are we are currently developing, um, we, we manufacture what, what is essentially concrete-based materials. Concrete is quite a, a, an incredible material, although it's often not thought of well it is the most used material on the planet in fact next to to drinking water and drinking water probably shouldn't be included (laughs) um so on that basis um we're we're looking and developing new forms of concrete which are low carbon as opposed to high carbon and which are using waste materials as aggregates We've, we've just got one product coming to market now can't say a lot more because it's uh It's still in development and lots Mm -hmm. of non-disclosure agreements signed with various parties. But there is a very interesting and challenging, interesting but challenging future for concrete going forward as it still remains universally across the world an absolute integral part of, of modern life.
0: Well, Martin, it's been an absolute pleasure discussing leadership with you, and I very much hope you come back on the program when you can talk a bit more freely about this very interesting product that you're bringing to market. Martin, thank you. I would love to.
1: Thank you very much.
0: That was Martin Fear, Chairman of Specialist Precast Products. And now, if you haven't heard it before, is Jonathan White's exclusive interview with Sir Jeff Hurst.
3: Oh, there, there are one or two people who are very familiar um, uh, who do Google me. Realise that I did uh, score nothing for Essex, uh, for, my only game for Essex first team when we played against Lancashire in Liverpool, a place called uh, uh, Egbert in in, uh, in Liverpool, many, many years ago, 1962, I think that was. So I didn't. And- um, yes, I, I didn't really feel it at the time. It was lucky to be playing, I guess, with one or two injuries. Um...
2: it can't be understated, no matter what form that comes in. When you were at West Ham, uh, Jeff, and when um, Ron Greenwood first uh, uh, came along, he made, obviously, some pretty radical changes. Was this a man that genuinely inspired confidence uh, the first time you'd meet him?
3: Absolutely. I mean, he, he was simply a, a fantastic uh, coach or teacher, if you like, at the football. And uh, the, the quite always mentioned when we talk about Ron Greenwood, Harry Redknapp, um, and of course uh, a great manager in South Andrews so to come across people like that of that caliber can have a huge influence on your your career of course and, and then your life and that's that's quite purely the case
2: and in those early days um at West Ham uh, with with a manager like obviously like uh, Ron uh, there it's also important to have uh uh confidence with
3: which uh, was absolutely... But I can use that now, but it now, because it is quite funny.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe we another time then. But we... Um, uh, well, you want me... I, I can tell you if you so want. you
3: want, You got time. I can tell I go, you if you want.
2: Jeff, go on. Go on. I think I'd be, it would be silly if I said no at this point. Okay. So I was uh, doing a, a, at a dinner in,
3: in the Channel Lines, three or four hundred people, black-tie dinner, uh, guest of honor. Mm-hmm. And this occasion, I was speaking for about 20 minutes, then allowing uh, questions and I wouldn't pick any one player out. I think looking at There's that... So many. Yeah, so many. And that's why we we're successful because we had so many um, showing all those qualities that you just mentioned uh, throughout the team. I think that that was outstanding. And, uh, uh, and it's an opportunity to talk about uh, all of them in, in that breath. And there was nobody... And going back to an earlier earlier question for me, that, um, all hard-nosed professionals...